0: We're gonna continue now in our time of worship through opening up the word of God. And I'm really excited to announce that tonight, today we actually have the delightful opportunity to have a guest preacher. And I'll be uh, introducing him in a moment Um, and it'll be our first virtual guest preacher. So that's really exciting. But before we do that, we're gonna open up the word of God and read from the book of Daniel chapter one, beginning at verse 17. So you can go ahead and read alongside this scripture reading wherever you are in the language of your choice, uh, Spanish or English. I will be reading in English for us this morning from the book of Daniel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 17. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God, Daniel, chapter 1, verse 17. To these four young men... God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, also called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king found no one equal to them. So they entered the king's service in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, He found them ten times better than all the magicians and all the enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your precious, precious word. Your word, Lord, that exists to sharpen us, to edify us, to grow us. And to shape us more like you. Would you deliver us, Lord, just like you delivered Daniel, especially when he was in an unfamiliar land and in an uncertain time? Give us your peace and fill us with your Holy Spirit. The Spirit of joy, the Spirit of strength, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of peace, Lord. Would you lift us, O God? from whatever despair that we may be feeling today, God, and give us the courage to turn our eyes to Jesus, to turn our eyes to you, O God. It's in your faithful name that we pray. Amen. We've been in this series now for some time that we've been calling Unfamiliar Ground where we've been looking at the book of Daniel. And we learned last week that in the book of Daniel, this is really telling a story of God's people in exile. God's people had been, on, uh, had been conquered and exiled from their home. They had been exiled from the promised land and they were forcefully, forcefully brought to the kingdom of Babylon. They were brought to an unfamiliar land And in the context of an uncertain time, God's people were in that foreign land, in that uncharted territory. They were in a new place and they didn't know exactly what to do or who to be in that new place. Yet they were seeking to be faithful to God while they were away from the promised land. While they were away from what was familiar and what was comfortable, this is where we really understand and enter into the story of Daniel because this is the context and the setting that we find in the scripture that we just read. Daniel was experiencing exile. He had left what was familiar and gone into this strange new place this uncertain season. And he didn't know how long he was going to be there or what exactly was going to play out. But this whole theme that we see throughout the book of Daniel and other parts of the scriptures is really an invitation into this theme of what the Bible calls exile. And if you want a bit more background on that, I want to recommend you to go last week To last week's sermon, and you can uh, get caught up on this whole biblical theme of exile that's available to all of us. But to summarize it, exile is disorienting, exile is being in the unknown, it's being in an unfamiliar place. And as we mentioned last week, right now, many of us feel like we're far away from what is comfortable. And far away from what is familiar and secure. Because as we established last week, right now, we, just like the ancient Israelites were then, we are experiencing exile. As we take a step back and we look at the whole story of the scriptures, we see that the story of the Bible is actually designed to answer the questions that we ask while in exile which are the questions, how did we get here and how do we get back home? How did we get to this place where some of us feel far away from God, far away from each other? And how do we get back home? How do we get back to life with God and life with each other? And the good news, as we established last week, is that there is a way back Our Lord Jesus Christ, he calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. He is the road and the pathway back home. So together, as one family and as one church community, we're trusting Jesus to take us back home. And I'm really grateful for everyone in this church community that has been in prayer for one another and in prayer for me i asked for prayer last week i was experiencing a stomach sickness for about four or five days but now thankfully and thanks for your prayers i'm back to health and uh since this week i actually needed most of this week to recover to be able to um uh, just get back to my regular routine and and serving god and serving you in this way it took most of my week to just kind of rest up and um, and and get back to health. So today, we actually have a very special treat today for the sermon message. Today, I have the honor of introducing our first ever virtual guest preacher during this season of online worship services. And our guest preacher today is a, a pastor by the name of Pastor Wayne Cordero. And he will be speaking into some of the topics that we've been touching on together As a church community in this series on the book of Daniel, he's especially going to talk about how God builds us up both in our faith and in our character during difficult times. So as you have your notes out, please go ahead and be looking out for how God may be speaking to you in that way. Pastor Wayne is actually from Hawaii, which is only a little bit different than the Central Valley. But we're grateful for where God has us. Wouldn't trade it for the world. But he's from Hawaii, and I was actually present when he shared the message that we're going to listen to today. He shared this message back in 2017 at a conference in Orlando, Florida. And this is a message that since I first heard it a few years ago, it's meant a lot to me. And since then, I've been able to share this message and pass it on to various people, church leaders, and friends on retreats. And today I'm very grateful that we together as a community will have an opportunity to be blessed by it as well. So I want to invite us all to really just uh, take an opportunity to learn and be open to what the Holy Spirit may be uh, sharing with us today. Pastor Wayne, when he uh, shared this message, he was actually speaking at the Exponential Conference, which is one of the largest conferences for church planting pastors in the country. And though he was sharing this message three years ago, back in 2017, almost feels like a lifetime ago, I believe that we can connect the dots. That's part of wisdom connecting different dots, we can connect the dots and ask God to make relevant to us even some of the topics that we're exploring together in the book of Daniel through this series that we're calling Unfamiliar Ground. And As I previously mentioned, today he's actually going to be focusing on how God builds us up, how he build, uses both uh, difficult circumstances and suffering and pain and unfamiliar times, how he uses all of that to build up our faith and build up our character. I'm going to have the opportunity to check back in with us in the middle of the message, and I'm going to read another scripture from Daniel, and I'm going to take an opportunity to prepare us for the prayer time at the end of Pastor Wayne's message. And just a a brief word and disclaimer, this is a a message from Exponential. So they own the rights to the content, but we're grateful to be uh, paid subscribers that have been blessed by some of the content of this message that we're going to share this morning as well. So together as a church community, right now from home, wherever you are, Let's put our hands together and give an Imago Church welcome to Pastor Wayne Cordero.
1: Well, aloha, everybody. I think we should take exponential to Hawaii. I didn't want to come this far, but Dave called me and said, Do you? still believe in free speech? I said, yes. He said, would you do one in Orlando? So (laughs) so he just got me. I mean, I was just too. (laughs) Hey, isn't, Joby, you're just, you're a funny guy. You're one of the funniest white boys I've ever met. Isn't he good? (laughs) Would you say thank you to all of our speakers? They are just amazing. What you find here? are some of the best and the cool thing is that they're practitioners they've gone through it and so they speak out of scars not just out of theory so we want to say thank you for these who help us to dream I want to talk about the greatest prayer dreams do change your prayers but I want to talk about the greatest prayer the little twist on that though is it won't be prayed by you When you start off in ministry, you have excitement, and you should have big dreams. But when you get big dreams, you get excited. Hell gets threatened. And one of the things that hell does is it holds out for dreamers. Joseph was a dreamer, and he was thrown in prison, and he suffered greatly. Moses had a dream to get the people out of Egypt and into the Promised Land, and you saw what happened with him. Paul had a dream to reach the churches. But whenever you have a dream, hell gets threatened. But you know the funny thing is, when hell gets threatened, it doesn't bother God. You ever notice that? It bothers me, but it doesn't bother God. I want to talk about the greatest prayer. One of the things that happens is you get excited about the dream. And when hell gets threatened, It marshals its forces against you, but God doesn't circumvent that for some reason. I'll tell you why. You know, you see the football team. When the defense is uh, over here and the offense is in a huddle, the defensive guys don't do much, do they? They just talk and give each other high fives. But as soon as they say, break, and that center puts his hand on the football, what happens to those defensive guys? and they get mad they start cursing they start playing head trips they really come alive well the same thing is true with hell i want you to know dreamers that you need to dream but hell's gonna come alive and you need someone on your side the first thing that he's gonna nail you with is things you don't ever realize you don't know what direction he's gonna hit you from I was in a doctor's office and there was a hunter's magazine. And the hunter's magazine there, it sounds bad, but it was a guy in a uh, tree stand with a bow and he was showing you where to shoot the animal, it was a deer, so that you pierce its heart. And I thought, what? And as I read more of the magazine, the Hunter's Magazine, it said if you're shooting a bear from this angle, this is where you want the bullet to enter in order to hit his heart. And if you're at this angle from an elk or a caribou, this is the angle you want. And it showed all these different angles, all with the same target, the heart. And as I was reading that, it was like the Holy Spirit said, the devil has one of these cataloged with your name on it, and he knows where to hit you. And every single one of you that dream big dreams will be in that catalog of hell. And I thought, Lord, that's kind of scary, isn't it? And then I thought, hmm, what is it that he's going after? And here it is. You know, in Psalm 51, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the... The joy, one of the very first things that He's going to go after when you dream big, watch this, will be your joy. Because you see, He can't steal your salvation, right? It's wrapped up in the blood of Christ. How many of you are glad for that? Okay, so you're going to stay saved. I'm glad for that. So He can't steal your salvation, so He'll go after the joy of your salvation, and you'll bail out on that yourself. He can't steal your marriage, so he'll go after the joy of your marriage, and you'll bail out on it yourself. He can't steal your ministry, so he'll go after the joy of your ministry, and you'll bail out yourself. The enemy's going to get pretty tough. And he said that to Simon in Luke 22. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked permission to sift all of you, and that's a Greek word plural form, not just you, Peter, but all of you, disciples, as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith not fail, and once you have turned, strengthen your brethren. Now, I thought, no, 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 that's not written correctly. It should be, Wayne, Wayne, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat, but I said no. I thought, yes. Let's just revise this. So I have Wayne's revised edition on the Bible. But it doesn't say that. I prayed for you. It's like you're hanging off of the cliff. And you're saying, help, God, help. And the Lord comes over and says, what's going on? I'm falling. You know what? I'm going to be right over there by the picnic table praying that your grip not fail. I said, No, you got to help me up. But yet he says, Simon, Satan has asked permission to sift all of you like wheat. And I'm not going to circumvent that. Why, God? Because there's a reason. And it will build in you a depth of faith that nothing else can equal. What are you talking about? Yeah, you see, it was the prison of that dreamer, Joseph, that made him a pharaoh it was the heat of the desert that made moses the leader that i designed for him without that it wouldn't have happened oh i'd love to pray for convenience but it won't happen it was david who said when i when i cried out to the lord in my distress he delivered me from all my troubles and i thought when was the last time i cried out to god is in Hebrews, it says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers with loud cryings and tears to the one who was able to save him. I thought, hmm. You see, a lot of us just want the blessings of God, but we don't necessarily want the anointing of God, because the blessings come convenient, and this comes with trial. Suffering will change you, but not necessarily for the better. You have to choose that. And he said to Simon, I prayed for you that your faith not fail." You see, each of us are going to go through troubles, but please, my message today is do not fear them because there's a purpose for them. And you will cry out to God. I wish it could come wrapped in convenient paper bags, all of our dreams, but it doesn't. But God's going to use all of those tough things to change us. Let me show you. It's sort of like this. I'm going to draw a big graph here for you. Now, if this were 100% up here, and this were zero, on your zeal and your excitement, and this here is just the timeline that goes on. Now, when you first come to Christ, or you first start a ministry, where is your zeal? At zero? At 50? No, where is it? It's all the way here at 100%. Now your faith isn't that much. You just got saved. Your faith is over here. He's given you a measure of faith. Now, you're here. You're so excited about Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good all the time. God is good. God is good. Wow, this is super. Now, you go to church again, and your faith grows just a little bit. And then you go to a men's Bible study. Ooh, boy, that really grew your faith there. And then you're up here, though. But yeah, but God is going to do great things. I know He is. Hallelujah. And so you go to a retreat, and you're faith goes a little bit more, you get baptized, Woo! that comes right up here. Now right about here, you start realizing it's all not that cherries and roses, because now over here, you're on staff or something, or you become a pastor, and you, <laughs> that's when it happens, and, uh, and you realize, hey, this is not all it is cracked up to be. You find out one of your elders is like demon possessed. <laughs> what? Yeah. You so, say, oh, well, I'm just going to pray about it, God forgive him, and you have someone remove him for you, and you're okay, and your faith grows a little bit more. And then you find out that some people left your church for First Baptist. Oh, no, down here. But that's all right. I'm just going to stay with Jesus here. And then you, then you find out your youth pastor's gone wild down over here. And then you, you, you keep growing here. You're doing okay. You're doing all right. But then over here, you go to an exponential conference, and you just come home. You're just stoked. Man, honey, I got to tell you what I learned. And your wife says, shut up. Take out the garbage. <laughs> it's right here that most people drop out. Maybe not physically, but in your heart, you do. Say, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Now, this could be a year, two years, five years, three years, but somewhere along the line, it's going to hit. Now, here, you know what this is called? This is zeal. There's a Greek word for it. You know what it is? Air. <laughs> That's all that this is here. God cannot build on this. He can only build on faith. This is faith down here. You understand? Your faith is growing. But you know what God is doing here? He's allowing you to get sifted, and He's allowing the devil to mess with you so that you finally realize this. All He's telling you is that's the level of your faith. Not your training, not your competence, not your oratory, your faith. Because the Scripture says, without faith it's impossible to please Him. For those who come to Him must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Whenever someone did anything and God rewarded them, he says, as is thy faith, be it done unto you. This is faith. So all God is doing is teaching you, showing you the level of your faith, that you ain't all that you're cracked up to be, that you're just a legend in your own mind, and you got a lot to learn still. That happened with me. That'll happen with every single one of us. And so God can't build on this. He said, well, Wayne, what do you do then? Well, what happens is you say, you know what, those things haven't been that good, but I'm just going to keep walking with Jesus. Even though the results are bad, even though my dream hasn't come fully to pass, I'm going to just keep growing with Christ because I love Him. And your faith, what? Your faith, what? Your faith grows. Here's the definition of faith. Faith is living in advance what you'll only understand in reverse. God builds on faith, not feelings, not zeal. As good as that is, it's going to get tested. And then you say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And your faith grows some more. When I was in ministry about 10 years, I, I got sued one time, and then twice, and then three, and then four. But I still had big dreams. And then the church split. And then we had a hurricane and the roof.
0: Wow. What an incredible beginning to this message. We're going to get back to Pastor Wayne in a second. But one of the topics that Pastor Wayne talks about is dreaming big for the Lord. Remember Daniel, he's a servant of God, but he also serves as the interpreter of dreams for the king's court. He serves as the interpreter of dreams for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And actually, after seeing the power of God at work through Daniel to interpret dreams, we we see this in Daniel chapter 2. And we see that God used all of Daniel's experiences to prepare him to live out his purpose as a servant of God. And similarly, God does the same with us. And we hear more about this in part two of Pastor Wayne's uh, message, how God uses all of our experiences, in including our joys, our challenges, and our sufferings to prepare us to be who he created us to be. We see this as an ongoing theme in this message you're going to notice that Pastor Wayne keeps referencing to this phrase. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And I want to just note that as he's uh, referencing that, he's actually referencing a scripture. He's referencing the book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15, which says, though he slay me, yet I will place my hope in him. I will place my hope in the Lord. We're seeing here a connection that is being made, even with another theme in the book that we're all studying right now with the book of Daniel. And we're going to be focusing on this particular section that I'm going to read for us next week in Daniel chapter 3 so you can begin to look ahead. But really, this is also connected to Daniel chapter 3, verse 17, where we see the story of, Of the three young men, the servants of God, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they were thrown into the fiery furnace for not bowing down to any other God or any other authority. And it says this in chapter 3, verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand but even if he does not we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up amen as god's people we trust in god and in god alone no matter what, no matter what the challenge may be or whatever circumstances may be around us. At the end of the service, Pastor Wayne is going to invite you and me to a special time of prayer where we actually take an opportunity to place our hands over our hearts and we pray to the living God. And I want to invite all of us to prepare for that time And take part together right where you are. So we're going to continue now to hear from Pastor Wayne.
1: But you keep preaching. You keep speaking the Word of God. And you say, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. And though things don't go just the way you want to, and your dream eventuates, it doesn't happen all at once. You keep growing your faith. Now watch this. Things don't go, your finances drop, but you keep pushing because I'm not going to be result-oriented. I'm just going to be obedience-oriented. Whatever Jesus says, I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm not as big as that church, not as good as that preacher, but I'm just going to keep growing with Christ. Now when you grow with Christ like this, your what grows? Your, your faith grows. Now Here's the cool thing. Remember how it was over here? You just keep going now. And what happens? This zeal turns into something called joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And now you're as high here as you were here. But it's based not on feelings. It's based on faith. Do you see the difference? Here is faith. And God says, I can build on this. This is solid ground. That's not. But you're going to have to go through the valley. I wish, I wish Jesus were the bridge over troubled waters and could take me like this and throw me over here. But instead, he says, come here, Wayne. He grabs my hand and he drags me right through the valley. and I come up bloody and bleeding. But he said, here's the good thing, Wayne, you didn't let go of my hand. Oh, you wouldn't let go of mine. Yeah, that's it. You just hang on, baby. You just hang on. He takes me all the way through this, and I'd rather drop out just about here. I remember when I was so depressed, and I burnt out twice, had a heart attack. I was in my bedroom, and I was so depressed. And it got so dark, and I think it was the first time Satan, I think Lucifer, actually came in my room, because even though it was dark, it got very dark. And I felt the presence that wasn't of God. And it was like the devil said to me, all your dreams didn't come to pass. None of the things you wanted has come to pass, and you can't get out of ministry. Because I wanted to resign. I was so burnt out, so I just wanted to resign. <laughs> And here's what he said, the only way people will give you a pass is if you die. And then they'll have a nice funeral and say, he was a wonderful man. And at that moment, it was the first time in my life where death felt like more of a gift than life. And I knew I was in the presence of hell. And I got up, I said, get thee behind me, Satan. I walked out, I got on my knees and I began to cry out to God. And I cried to God and I just said just, just get to morning, Wayne, just get to morning because joy cometh in the morning. So I just said, "Lord, help me out. I'm going to stay with this. I'm going to And all of a sudden Hebrews came into my mind in the days of his flesh when he offered up prayers with both loud cryings and tears to the one who was able to save him from death and he was known because of his his piety. And then I heard the Apostle Paul talking to me uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings that I might attain to the resurrection of life, but I've got to be conformed to his death in order that this happens. And boy, I just from of old, I just heard the voices speaking to me. You can do it. Stay in there. Your dream will come to pass, but not right now, because character has to be built first. And so I kept pushing and pushing. And the joy of the Lord became my strength. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, the testing of your what? Faith. Produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Ah, so that's what it's all about. Yeah, because your faith wouldn't grow here. It'll only grow here. When you come through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because I am with you. I'm going to walk with you all the way. I will not fly you over the valley, but your dream is still alive. I just have to build some foundation under it. I'm doing a lot of stuff in you before I can finish what I've designed for you." And you know where ministry happens? Not here. Ministry really starts to happen here. Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your what not fail? Oh, your faith not fail. Why? Because I need faith. Because that's where ministry happens. And once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Once you have what? Turned again, ministry happens. This is bona fide, ratified, certified ministry. Everyone wants to teach and be cool here. You got to get that out of your head and God's going to bring us down to where the level of our faith really is and now he's going to start building you. Can you stay with it? Can you build? He said, yes, you can. Oh, Lord, it's just tough. Here's the greatest prayer of all. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you, not you. And when Jesus prays for you, you will be fine. (laughs) fine. Everything that happens to you, even the tough stuff, is for your best. I know it's hard, and you're going to face it. You're going to have setbacks financially. You're going to have setbacks with your marriage. You're going to have setbacks with your kids. Like I said, your youth pastor will go wild. Your elder will go demonic. But you stay with that. (laughs) You stay with that because God's building a foundation of faith because He has a plan for you. And the dream that you have, He says, I'm good with that. But we've got to build some faith under it. My wife has a diamond ring. It ain't that big, but uh, I'm a cheap, cheap pastor. But uh, that diamond is held by five little tendrils, and then the diamond is here. And it reminded me of seeing a lady's diamond ring. We were on a little cruise, and it was massive. It was like a five-carat diamond. I looked at my wife and said, honey, cover that one over there, just uh, <laughs> look at this, look at this ring, it was massive, it probably was $50,000 for that one diamond, and it too was held just by four or five tendrils, and I thought to myself, that setting had better be really strong, because if not, one little bump and $50,000 is gone, that setting be really must be really strong, and any jeweler knows that he's not going to put a super cool gem in a weak setting and God is like the best jeweler in the universe and he's got a gem for you but he's not going to put it in a weak setting because one bump and you lose everything he wanted for you everything God does is because he loves you and if you learn the ways of God you won't drop out of your dream The greatest prayer is not one that you pray, it's one that Jesus prays. He's for you. Let me finish with this little story. There's a carpenter that was a fabulous carpenter, built beautiful houses and, but he came to a point in his life where he said, it's time for me to retire. Boss, I'm gonna retire in six months. Boss said, okay, you've been working for me for 38 years. Yeah, I know. Finally, the day came for retirement And he said, now, boss, next week I'm going to retire. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Finally the day came and he said, boss, it's just been wonderful, 38 years, uh, but it's time for me to retire and I just want to let you know, this is my last day. And the boss said, you know, yeah, I know you told me that, but I got just one contract that just came in. Can you do just one more house? He said, oh, no, my wife and I have travel plans. The boss said, oh, please, just came in and it's, just one more house man do me a personal favor and the guy said oh gosh he said please kick the ground he said all right this is the last one thank you said the boss and he and he, he he arrived at work the next day and i mean he he worked and framed the house but his heart wasn't into it yours wouldn't be you know It's like Told him I was gonna retire. And usually his corners are mitered and perfect. But on this one, it wasn't quite there. It's it's all right, just a bigger nail. Just and he'll still be good, strong, it's fine. And and when when he couldn't get insulation quite deep into the corner before he closed it, so that's good enough. It's it's all right. I mean it was a good house and all, but but I just I'm not taking the time because I'm retired. So he finished the house. I mean it was a nice house. So he finally went to his boss and he said, Now can I retire? The boss said, yes, you can retire. He said, great. He said, well, one more thing. What? He said, "The, the reason I had you build this house is because you've been such a great employee for so many years, and I want to give you this. And he pulled out the keys to the house, and he said, I'd like to give you this house as your retirement gift. Now let me ask you, If that guy knew that that house he was building was for him, do you think he would have done a better job? Yeah. Everything God does for for you is for your life, and your future, and your faith, and for your dream. You're going to come through this point here. But if you understand the ways of God, and if you understand that Jesus is praying for you, you'll do fine. your faith will grow and your dream in the fullness of time will come to pass you watch you wait you'll see let's stand together I want to pray for you as we close but I'd like you to do something for me I'd like you if you would just put a hand over your heart like this When you come to conferences like this, you need to know that there's a difference between education and revelation. Education you can forget. But when revelation happens, you can never forget it. I don't want you to forget this because you will go through that, every single one of us. And many people in church planting drop out at that red circle but it will not continue, because God has a plan. Therefore consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God loves your dream, but he loves you a lot more. Simon, you can put your name in there. Joe, Bill. On account count of three, everybody say your name. One, two, three. Wayne. Okay. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. And once you've turned, strengthen your brethren. For the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? Father, we lay hands on our hearts that you would strengthen our hearts, that you would be the strength of our hearts and our portion forever. That there's going to be times where the enemy is going to aim right here. But Lord, would you protect our hearts, guard, watch over our heart, Lord. And I pray that you would keep our eyes fixed on you, even through the turnbacks, even though it seems like we're going in the opposite direction. We know that everything that happens to us is for our good because you are praying for us, that our faith not fail, not our activity, not our crusade, not our outreach, but that our faith not fail regardless of what happens. And as that grows, you'll restore to us the joy of our salvation. Thank you for that. How we love you. I ask your anointing on each person here. I ask that you would give them a grace beyond their years. A wisdom that can only come from the ages. Lord, we pray that you will help us to be a people after your own heart. This we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says,
0: God bless you. So grateful for that powerful and timely reminder that God uses everything in our lives to shape us into the people He created us to be, to shape us more and more into His image. He uses the ups and the downs, He uses these gap times and these, time of w- these times of waiting on Him. He uses our suffering, He uses our pain to build up our faith, to build up our character, to continue to lead us on the pathway to the calling He has for each and every one of us. As we take an opportunity to close out our time in worship, I'm going to invite us all once again to pray and to entrust into the hands of the Lord whatever it is we need to give him right now, all of who we are. Not just our joys and smiles, but also our pain and our suffering and our challenges. So would you take a moment, and together, let's pray. Oh God, you are the one who meets us where we're at, right where we are, And takes us where we need to be. And sometimes we wish Lord that it was just a snap of a finger. And an instant gratification Lord. But that's not the calling that you have us on Lord. You have us on a greater calling where you're growing our faith. And shaping our character. And giving us deeper strength Lord. That comes from you. Lord, in the restlessness, in the anxiety, in our weeping, in our crying out, in our feelings, God, that we don't know what to do with, would you lead us, lead us back to you, O Jesus. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the one who created us for you. So we pray, Lord, that you would continue to be the one God who who takes us by the hand in this time. And even if we stumble and we fall, Lord, may we reach back to your hand and know that you will never let go. Today, Lord, we trust you and we declare That you are the one, God, that sustains us, that protects us, and that holds us. Lord, you choose to be God to us, and you choose to call us your people. So, Lord, in turn, we choose to trust, and we choose to praise you. Thank you, God, for this time. As we close out in worship, God... Would you fill us with hearts of praise? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.